Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. I just launched the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn. Each issue is inspired by conversations I've had here on the Chill Factory podcast and includes extras to help you, your clients, students, and anyone else you support. So subscribe to the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn and see you there. And so it is critically important for people to know that there's help for them and that they're not alone and that they don't have to sit alone and struggle with some of the thoughts that they may have. Hey, welcome and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful with expert interviews, rapid relaxers, and excellent resources. I'm Jordan Friedman. I want you to be alive. I want you to be alive. You don't got to die today. You don't got to die. I want you to be alive. I want you to be alive. You don't got to die. Now let me tell you why. Remember the song those lyrics are from? It's Rapper Logic's 2017 hit 1-800-273-8255, and it may be one of the most consequential songs and music videos ever made. The song title was the number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and the service saw a nearly 30% increase in calls during the year after the song and video first aired. According to a study in the British Medical Journal, some evidence suggested that there were 245 fewer suicides after the song's release. The study also found reductions in suicides during periods following performances of the song on the 2017 MTV Video Music Awards and 2018 Grammy Awards. Just about a year ago, that number, which Logic catapulted to fame, was changed to the much easier to remember 988, and is now called the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's part of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, also known as SAMHSA, which is part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Why am I telling you all of this? Because when we or our kids or our friends are stressed and anxious, when we feel depressed and overwhelmed or despairing, when we or someone we know are thinking about harming ourselves or taking our own lives, reaching out for someone to help can be the most effective thing we can do. It can also be the most difficult thing to do. And that's why I asked one of the people in charge of 988 to help us make it easier by explaining exactly what 988 does, who it's for, and how we can let as many people as possible know about it. John Palmieri is the Senior Medical Advisor for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration and is currently serving as Deputy Director of 988 and the Behavioral Health Crisis Coordinating Office within the Office of the Assistant Secretary. He provides subject matter expertise and policy leadership in areas including crisis response, suicide prevention and interventions, care integration, telehealth implementation, and criminal justice diversion programs. Dr. Palmieri is a licensed physician in the Commonwealth of Virginia and board certified in adult psychiatry. Stay tuned to the end of the conversation because we'll take an instant vacation by a stream. I started by asking John who can call and text 988. So essentially 988 was created to make it easier for anybody who's experiencing any form of distress, whether that's a suicidal crisis, anxiety, depression, concerns about substance use, for anyone in any situation to reach a trained crisis counselor 24-7. So essentially 988 is an easier to access portal 
for anybody who has questions, concerns, feeling overwhelmed about what's going on in their life. And what might examples of that be? I know you gave broad categories, but can you share any types of calls, any specific situations that uh, people call about? Because I know that 988 gets thousands and thousands of calls a week. Yes. Uh, And one of the reasons, you know, honestly, that we rebranded the lifeline from the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline to the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is because we wanted to be able to make it more explicit, the invitation for people to contact with any any concern that they have. So this isn't just a suicide prevention lifeline, although that is obviously a critical component of the services that are provided. Uh, But crisis can mean different things to different people. And so we understand that for some people, it could be a relationship issue that's causing them uh, a certain level of distress or thoughts that they have that are upsetting to them, anxieties, panic, depression, uh, concerns about a loved one. So it may not even be that the person themselves is experiencing any particular uh, emotional level of distress, but they have a loved one or a friend or a partner that they're worried about. Uh, And so that line is intended to be for everybody in all of those circumstances. It could also be related to alcohol or drug use. Somebody might be concerned about increasing patterns of use or worries about their behavior when they use um, or just urges to to use more frequently. And so, again, those are all reasons that are perfectly appropriate to contact one of the counselors through the lifeline uh, to speak with them for support. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And this can't be said enough. And I want to just confirm with you. So if someone is in distress of some kind, and it could be they're having relationship issues, or they they just feel overwhelmed, or they just need someone to talk to about what's on their mind, they shouldn't not call 988 because they think, oh, well, they deal with people who are in real crisis, who are having really big issues, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's a really important point that you're raising here is because we want people to be able to access support and assistance before a crisis situation develops. And so we're not wanting to only create support or create a system of care that only helps people when they're in a crisis mode. We want to ultimately provide that upstream support so that people actually don't, the situation doesn't progress to become a crisis. And so any opportunity to be able to intervene at any level I think it is important for people to know that the vast majority of callers into the lifeline are not suicidal at the time that they call. So there is not a threshold for a crisis. So people can really contact at any time with any level of distress that they have uh, seeking support. And when someone does dial or text 988, what happens? Who answers and, and what might someone expect after the call or text is picked up? Sure. So I'll start with calls because the texting and the chatting is a little bit different. Typically, when somebody calls 988, there'll be a greeting that basically welcomes them, lets them know that there'll be a counselor who will be speaking with them shortly. And then there are a few different options that are presented to the caller. One, to be connected to the veteran's crisis line if they're a veteran or concerned about a veteran. There's a press two option for people who are Spanish speaking. There's now a press three option that was launched in September of 2022 for people who identify as part of the LGBTQI plus community, particularly younger adults and youth. 
And then in Washington state, there's actually a press four option, which is intended to be support for American Indians and Alaska natives. If people don't press any of those options, they will be routed to the nearest local crisis center based upon the area code that they're calling from. And when they're connected to that center, a counselor will answer the phone, say that they're from the lifeline and ask how they can be of assistance to the person calling. There'll be some standard protocols that are uh, engaged during that encounter, specifically related to risk assessment, to make sure that the person is safe and that there's not an imminent risk situation. And then otherwise the person will have a conversation that's driven largely by the needs of the caller uh, and what they happen to need in that particular moment. So they'll provide support, they can help provide safety planning, de-escalation strategies, and then a critical piece is also the linkage and resource sharing that happens for that person who may need ongoing support, treatment, recovery assistance. And so the network has a, a, a vast array and directory of resources that can be shared with that individual caller to provide them with ongoing care following the call. And if someone calls 988, gets the help they need, and then a few weeks later, they either don't remember the resources that they were given when they first called uh, the line, or they just feel overwhelmed and just remember 988, so so they want to call it again. That's okay. This is not a a one-time response and that's it. That's exactly right. And that is exactly the intent of having a much easier to remember code for people to call whenever they happen to need it. The 800 number that existed prior to 988 still exists, but people are much more likely to remember 988. So even when they use it one time, they'll have it locked in their memory so that if they need it again at any point, they can contact 988 again Maybe they need a new referral or a new level of support or a different problem has arisen since the last time they contacted. There are many centers that report that there are people who contact the Lifeline frequently because they've developed trusting relationships with the workers at the local level. And that's completely appropriate and welcome because we want people to have trust in the system and to be able to connect with people who can be helpful to them. And John, you mentioned that texting works in uh, a somewhat different way. Yeah, so for text and chat, text is through 988, chat is 988lifeline.org. When people access the Lifeline through those particular channels, they're presented with a survey, either a chat or text survey. It doesn't require, they don't have to fill out the information that's there, but it's optional for them to provide some additional information so that the crisis counselor has some awareness as to what the issues are that that person is presenting with. If someone does call the lifeline a second or third or fourth time over a period of time, can they request to speak with the person they spoke with previously if that person's available? Yeah, that's interesting. So that does happen uh, at the local level. So there are centers where the callers and the particular crisis worker may have a a particularly good relationship uh, with respect to the level of support that they feel. So that does happen at times where the the caller will request a particular worker. Sometimes that doesn't work in practice because it's a 24-7 operation and there's shift work and so people are working, you know, different schedules. Uh, But yes, it certainly does happen and it's certainly the case that again, getting to that point of having trust in in the support and trust in the system that there are times where people will request particular workers 
to be able to provide uh, the, the engagement that they're looking for. John, you have worked in uh, the field of mental health in, in many capacities for a long time, including with college students. And I wonder if you can talk for a little bit about the importance of reaching out either to 988 or to one of many other uh, helplines or services that are available when you are feeling really stressed or in crisis. The reaching out part is critically important. We know that people often sit alone with their distress and with their struggles. And one of the tremendous benefits of 988, aside from the actual service, and like you're saying, there are other services that people can access as well. But one of the benefits around the transition to 988 has been the degree to which the conversation, the national dialogue on mental health, behavioral health, substance use care has been lifted up at all levels. So at the federal level, for sure, whether that's the White House, federal government, health and human services, there has been tremendous focus on the importance of accessing mental health care for people who need it. And so it is critically important for people to know that there's help for them and that there's help available anytime in a way that's non-judgmental, that supports them where they are, and that they're not alone and that they don't have to sit alone and struggle with some of the thoughts that they may have. And also across the country, if you look at statistics from the Centers for Disease Control or other surveys that have been put out, suicide rates continue to go up, particularly in certain communities. And we know that there are communities that are at much higher risk of suicide. And I've mentioned some of them, including American Indian, Alaska Native, LGBTQI plus youth and so forth. So we need to make sure that we're designing a system that people feel like is for them. And at the same time, also elevating the conversation so that we're breaking down barriers, breaking down stigma so that people feel like it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, I mean, since 988 was rolled out almost a year ago, I feel like I see something about it every day and sometimes multiple times a day, which is an incredible success. And uh, hopefully we'll see it even more, which is one reason I wanted to talk with you today. I'll just add to to your list, and correct me if I'm wrong, that um, 988 and many of these other services are free and they're available 24-7. So, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you are in a sweat or freaked out or feeling at just your lowest point of despair, you can reach for your phone and, and call or text these services. That's exactly right. 24-7 people are available and people do not have to provide any identifying information to be connected to a counselor. So even though there are those surveys that ask for information, people are not required to fill them out to receive support uh, so people can do so anonymously uh, whenever they happen to need help. And then with respect to the the messaging that you're that you're pointing to, very excited about the fact that we are seeing more and more of that, whether that's on public transportation or in the media or through celebrity influencers. Uh, there's been a couple of questions actually even on Jeopardy uh, not that long ago uh, related to 988. And so there is a lot of messaging getting out there and yet there's still so much more to be done to improve awareness of 988 and to deal with that kind of barrier around help seeking to make sure that people know that it's a trusted resource.
Yeah, and to that point, how can somebody who's listening right now as an individual or perhaps they are uh, in an organization or in a company or in a school, how can they help you and your colleagues promote 988? What can they do to get this number and what it does out there? Yeah, it's a great question. So one of the things that we did very early on in, in anticipation of the transition last year was to bring on a small but mighty communications team who developed a number of tools to support aligned, coordinated messaging around 988. So through the work of that team, there is now a partner toolkit that exists on the SAMHSA website. So samhsa.gov slash 988. Uh, and there's a link there to a partner toolkit, which has a range of products that are completely intended to be utilized by our partners for dissemination and promotion of awareness in their communities and adapted to whatever the local community needs or preferences are. So there are social shareables, PSA scripts, printable materials, yard signs, posters, safety cards, and all of that content is there. And there are a number of materials also in Spanish. Uh, and those materials are constantly evolving and being updated based upon feedback we have from our partners. So two things would be to please access the toolkit. There are a number of things that can be ordered from the SAMHSA store for free uh, that can be shipped to people, to our partners around the country. And then also to provide feedback to the team if there are things in the toolkit that you that or things that you need that you don't see in the toolkit or gaps and uh, that you recognize, oh, in my community, we would really benefit from X, Y, or Z. Let us know that is how the toolkit is constantly evolving and improving. John Palmieri, thank you so much for coming by the Chill Factory. I, I can't think of too many uh, other conversations I've had that are as important as this. And uh, thanks for helping us uh, uh, promote 988 and thanks to you and everyone you work with for uh, for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. It's always a pleasure and appreciate your interest in promoting uh, Mental Health Awareness Month and 988 as a component of that. So thank you. John Palmieri is Deputy Director of SAMHSA's 988 and Behavioral Health Crisis Coordinating Office, and you can learn more about him in the show notes. We'll also put a link there to Logic's video, which I talked about in the intro. If you've never seen it, it's definitely worth watching. And as promised, it's time to take an instant vacation by a stream. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in. And exhale. When you open your mind's eye, you'll be at the edge of a beautiful stream. Watch the water as it gently flows over the rocks. Notice how the water and the rocks glisten in the sunlight.
Place your worries and concerns in the stream and watch them float away. Stay here and let the stream relax and calm you. This stream will always be here when you need to let go of the stress and strain of your day. And in a few moments you'll open your eyes and you can take the feelings that you found here by this stream with you to your activities. As the sound of the stream fades, slowly open your eyes. Welcome back. That's an excerpt from the much longer five-minute version of By a Stream that's new on the Chill Factory app. And you and 25 other listeners can use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. Just download the Chill Factory from the App Store or Google Play and enter the password HELP when prompted. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as U.S. labor leader and civil rights activist Cesar Chavez said, you are never strong enough that you don't need help.